0: Blood Talk Radio
1: Yo, 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 yo,
2: Four Chords of Coach Lee, we are up, we are up, and we are up, and ready to rock and roll, hold up, one ready minute. to rock and roll, Here we go, yes, we are live, we are on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Blog Talk Radio, J.C. Hawk Radio,
1: J.C. Hawk's Radio, it is Monday, with our super producer, super duper
2: producer, B.J., on the line. Yes, she is. And we are live, live, all the way live and we are ready to rock and roll. Ah. Thank you for unplugging the light. <laughs> so what do we have on the topics today, Miss Carla?
1: Uh, let's see. First quarter we have fundraising.
2: Fundraising. Okay. What about fundraising? What are we gonna talk
1: about fundraising why? Uh we're gonna dive right in. Um <laughs> oh, really. Let's see. Fundraising. Well, I think that it's the lifeblood of... Wait, hold on. We haven't started with quarter number one. I thought we were going to go down the list oh. so people can stay online and know <laughs> what we're doing. So we got fundraising quarter number one. Oh, that's why I was like, okay, so we're going to just jump right in? No.
2: What's the next quarter we got?
1: Uh, we have recruiting and safety.
2: Safety equipment, right? Yeah. Things that can be brought upon, right? So since we got this thing started... We got a little bit of the uh, approach of what's going on. Let's go ahead and start off with quarter number 1. Awesome. awesome, awesome. Yeah, we need to invite some friends. <laughs> there we go. So, quarter number 1, we got fundraising. So, talk to me a little bit about fundraising.
1: Well, fundraising is the lifeblood of any um sports organization, I would say. Yes. You know, it's, it's it's one way that you could raise capital to get all the things that you need or that the players who can't afford to play, you know, out of pocket mm-hmm. can find ways to be creative and raise the money to right. play. Got you, got you, got you. So that's part of it, part okay. of it. Um, you know, that's just on a team level, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we as GFA, we are an organizational national level and we have a different um type of fundraising that we're trying to do. I mean we're not gonna make it off of uh candy sales. No, 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 not not or no. popcorn sales.
2: Not or... us. <laughs> not us. Not the things that we gotta do uh to, to make it happen as a national organization. No. But as a organization such as a team, be it a youth team, an adult team, um you know, what are some of the things that, you know, like I said, it's the blood of the organization, it's the lifeline of the organization, but what are some of the things that you've seen in the past that has worked for, let's say teams, we're not going to talk about a national organization like us, let's talk right. about a team, be it a youth team or a result team, what has been some very successful fundraisers?
1: Well, just um, from working here in, with the youth here in Las Vegas, um, we've done... Aside from your normal candy sales and things like that, we've done, I mean, concession stands has always been a really big hit. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you have the right items and you have enough of the right items and you can keep your um, snack bar stock, you can make some pretty good money.
2: Definitely that, definitely. I know we have an issue here in Clark County, Park, uh, Clark County where they've done away with allowing schools yes, to open up snack bars.
1: This year, well, they can open up the snack bar. They just can't sell anything that that they have personally made or cooked. It has to be prepackaged.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they would have to, you know, sell things that are prepackaged and sell those. I mean, that would take away from, you know, your hot hot dog, anything hot, really. Yeah. You know, we were doing cup of noodles. We were doing hot nachos. chocolate
2: nachos. and got constant markups on those items that really we made anywhere between a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars two thousand dollars some nights
0: yeah
2: in a snack bar oh yeah uh, so that's definitely one um we got people over on Facebook live how are you guys doing we got people over on Instagram, how you doing? How you doing? Again, you doing? For, of course, Coach Lee and Carla, right here. Yo yo yo! Oh yeah, you like that yo 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 rocking it like that. I got my auntie in Alabama on 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 here, so say auntie. T. All right. Um, but what are some some of the other things that organizations can kind of like fundraise off of? I mean,
1: well, tag bars been great. I'm just gonna say, I don't like. I mean, for myself, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna basically reject what has been the norm with these youth organizations. You know, you've got your candy sales, like we said.
2: Mm-hmm. You've
1: got your car washes, which I'm really not big on the I'm car washes. I'm not big on the car washes. I man. don't feel that there's enough return for the time and effort you put out there in the heat. Right, you know
2: right. In the Vegas heat. It'd it, it, it be killing out there with the Vegas heat. <laughs> By the time you get the car water, they'd already dried up before you get the soap on there.
1: Right, Yeah, right, I'm right. not big
2: on that. But if you do pre-sale tickets, that tends to bring in your money instead of being out so on the corner with the
1: sign. Oh, for your car wash. Yeah, yeah for the car wash. True. If you that's true, that's true, that's true. And um, actually, um, speaking of pre-sale tickets, I'll bring this up in just a little bit because i got to look up the information, but um, there has been, you know, where you can partner with restaurants, you know, where you can have a night where everybody comes and they eat and they give your organization's name so that a percentage of those sales for that day will go to your organization. So these are things, but these are like things that I'm mentioning are kind of nickel and dime Right, aren't they
2: Nicoline and not? Yeah, because you're talking about for every hundred dollars worth of order, you get a twenty percent
1: back. People like sell candy because it's quick, it's cheap, and you know, a buck you can get it done right. But you yeah. got to sell a lot. That's you know, the yes. key is in volume. Don't sell one candy bar; sell the entire case. That's what I used to do. Yeah. Well, let's stick with our Facebook, team you know, because we got a nice
2: group of people over here that got things going on. But what what um you know, definitely we got Corey on the line. We got auntie. Mm-hmm on the line. We got more people over on Facebook Live, I mean Instagram live what's happening. <laughs> but you know, another good thing I know one of my biggest fundraisers was, was pancakes. Oh yeah. Pancake right. sales we, we we generated anywhere between twenty eight hundred dollars to four thousand dollars and we probably spent about three hundred dollars on items.
1: Um, I can't remember exactly what the budget is, but definitely a return because we were selling tickets for $10. Right. It was all-you-can-eat pancakes, uh,
2: bacon, We did the full egg. breakfast.
1: It was pancakes, bacon, um, sausage, hash browns, brown. <laughs> juice and milk. Juice, milk, coffee.
2: Yeah. And we sold those tickets for $10 each, and we definitely had a, a great turnout. It was a family venture. We got a chance to meet the families. Mm-hmm. We did it from what, about? 6 in the morning to about 10.30. 10, yeah. yeah, so about four hours. And like I said, we generated any, anywhere between $2,800 and 4000 bucks, and we spent about between $500 to $800 on equipment. So that's been a great sale. Uh, I'm pretty sure if we did a hamburger dinner or steak dinner, that could be pretty lucrative as well.
1: Sure, sure. Um, but fundraising is key. And, and, and then the other thing we did was, of course, it, you know, for those that aren't afraid to go out to the community and talk to businesses, um, oh. we've been able to raise a lot of money on banners.
2: Yes, banners.
1: Banners, I mean, the cost to make a banner is quite low, and then you can, you know, your advertisers will pay about $500 for a large banner that will go around the stadium. Ours were going along the street outside the stadium, but you can put them in the stadium. Right. Um. Program sales. Well, we actually did
2: about – 55 banners one year at $500 a pop.
0: Okay.
2: And it cost us roughly about 50 to $75 per banner. So we were, we were making about $400 yes. per banner that we put up. So you go 400 times 5 50, you know, that's And that's ideal that's if, you're,
1: if you are in a stadium. If you are like in a school or something like that, that type of sales would be ideal for some types of program um, you may not be able to do necessarily the banner sales, but mm-hmm. you can find some other ways that you like programs and things that you can get the businesses involved with your team right. You designed the program for for my program, and I think that was about a twenty thousand uh, dollar. yeah, the main cost was really the printing right. You know the printing, depending on how many you plan to run. I think we ran twenty five hundred our first year, and then we scaled Sheld it down, down. to a <laughs> thousand. Right, we scaled it down to a thousand, but we never paid anywhere over three thousand bucks for the for the actual. Right, the profit was there. It was full color, glossy. It was very, very nicely done.
2: I think the most that we made was forty two thousand dollars through our program, and we gave away the program for free. I think a lot of a lot of organizations they they sell to the advertisers and then they try to sell the program. right? And I think giving away the program for free was more lucrative because we were giving out all of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that is another opportunity for you. You know, you can sell what $150 for a business card, you know, $250 for a quarter page. I think it was $350 for a half page, and then $450 for a full page. And then we had the $1,000 back cover, and then the
1: He's throwing numbers out there, yeah. so, you know, but he's just giving you an idea of the different sizes of ads that you can sell mm-hmm. for the different, you know, budgets for these businesses, or even personal, like grandma might want to buy an ad. Yeah, we did, I think, $25 name drops. Yeah, name drops and things like that. The whole
2: page of just different name drops on there, at $25, uh, uh, you know, good luck on the season mm-hmm. from grandma type of situation. So those were some good fundraisers. Of course, you got the, the firework sales because it's seasonal.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, we,
1: we did anywhere between six to. I 8, don't know if, that's, if that if they do that in every state, but here we do. Uh, but the um, nonprofits yes um, are able to host these firework stands and raise money. Definitely that. So um, we have that, and then we have the Speedway as well. If you're a nonprofit, that will allow you if you're an adult with a health card and alcohol license alcohol card, right? Right.
2: But that's been fluctuating up and down as far as what percentage they give back to you. At one point Kanye they was giving us 15% of sales. Mm-hmm. Then it went down to 8%. And so it's been fluctuating between 8 and 15. So if you guys have a sports arena in town, a professional football team or a professional basketball team or hockey team, you can actually go and donate your time. Mm-hmm. You can donate your time and be a part of you know, selling their materials, and then you get a percentage back. Right. So
1: yeah. so you can look for those opportunities. Right. And those actually have, you know, higher ticket. It just uh, You may have to get more of your parents involved and your coaches involved mm-hmm. than the kids on some of those type of events. But um, it's definitely a good return.
2: Right. And I think our best return on that, I'm good with numbers. I'm good with numbers. <laughs> I just love numbers and making money. But we did an EDC, Uh, A few years back, and we that EDC was like an electric daisy, daisy concert Uh, was like over 150,000 people every day out at out in the hot sun over midnight to in the morning, and I think we brought in about thirty-eight thousand dollars. Thirty-eight thousand dollars was our take from those that three and a half day concert. We were selling alcohol. We was killing it on the alcohol. So I'm just letting you know. There's some things out there that you can definitely make some good money if you put in the time and effort, and that was one of them. Right, right, okay. right.
1: Well, um, I know that um, my daughter on her cheer team they did something called Snap. Okay. Right. So Snap is an organization that actually um, they act. They're kind of like a direct mail campaign where they, they put together a letter for your um, your players and mm-hmm. and they basically have a fundraising goal and they and you just you provide the email. You right. and your son or daughter provide the emails and they will send out all of these emails on your behalf with this templated letter that lets them know what you do and what you're raising your money for and that they can pay directly through this specific app. Right right? And a negative percentage. And then, yeah. But I, I, I was looking up information on that and actually um, a little bit of your I reached out to somebody. I want to say Facebook. I reached out about some information. Let me pull up the information. She just emailed me. Okay. Um, what it was is it, it's kind of similar to Snap. So it's that kind of a, a process where you provide the email. But you have a specific context or a car wash mm-hmm. or something like that. This is how they market it through this platform for you, and it's actually cheaper than Snap, where Snap keeps like twenty percent. Okay, they only do it at five percent.
2: Gotcha. So you got get you. to keep
1: more of the money that's raised. Okay. While you look at that, I got
2: a, a comment from Mr. Cor Medina here. Did you see that new NBA 2K that includes the WNBA? I saw that, and I actually posted that. You know, it's taking what twenty-five years for the women to to get themselves on the video game. And so I was pushing about, hey, maybe in 2030, you'll see a women's football game. But that was something while you were talking about that, I just to address, did I see it? <laughs> yes, I saw it, Corey. You know what I'm saying? It's going to happen soon. When, I don't know. But I've had a couple of of um, eSports people hit me up and told me some companies that do build video games and told me to look into some. Um and I forgot. I gotta look on the on the on my my message board to find out where where it's at. But go ahead and finish. It's okay. called Giving Zone.
1: Yeah. So this company is called the Giving Zone, and uh, I actually was contacted by I guess the co-owner of the company. Okay. And. So just say you have a an event like a listathon. You've done lift-a-thon yeah, I've done listathon.
2: That's a, that's a great fundraiser. So as well. you
1: do a listathon, and normally they go out and they get you know a pledge right for how many lifts or how many pounds or whatever they weigh, and you know they pay them a certain amount of money. They could do a flat fee usually, right, or by the pound, right? By the pound. We did five cents a pound. Okay, and so here is a way that they could be able to solicit this beyond, you know, their neighborhood or their community. Now they could send it to aunties, uncles, grandparents as well Mm -hmm. um, outside of their local area and get those pledges through this particular um, organization. Okay. So it's called Giving Zone, just to give you kind of an idea of what it is and, you know, you could take a look at it for yourself. But it's an affordable way to do the same thing you know, I think that like,
2: right. I think it just brought in the process of technology. There's still you can do car washes, lithathons, what else? Punt, passing, and kick uh
1: yeah.
2: competitions. Yeah. But you're you're expanding it across the globe instead of just in your neighborhood. Exactly. So that's basically what it's doing. So now you can get those things, uh get those monies from everywhere. Now grandma that's in Connecticut can provide money to you in California, right?
1: Right, right. Where in the past you couldn't do that. Or text it could be um, it can be solicited that way. Definitely that. Definitely that. So, so we'll move on to quarter number.
2: Well, no, I, I think that fundraising is great. What else? <laughs> what else? Could fundraisers. You know, we we talk about the girls' football association, right? Mm-hmm. And how if a team created their own Premier Seven football league, mm-hmm. all girls league for these women football players and teams how that can be created as a fundraiser. Can you talk a little bit about how they can, you know, use that platform to raise some good money?
1: If you put if, together a team? If they put together a league. If they put together okay. a Premier 7 league. Well, um, Premier 7 is, has kind of a unique structure. It's uh, rather than having a franchise where someone actually buys um buy uh, territory, right? <laughs> buy the territory or buy the licensing to start this business, we just um, agreed to have biz- business partners through lead directors. Got you. Right. So a lead director basically um, would own the territory per se, but they would build it and, and Premier 7 would actually be the ones to provide all of the everything. Okay. So there's no out of pocket cost for that league director to get a league going, so it's straight pro- it's pure profit for that person and so we figure that organizations that you know coaches right mm-hmm. from other um schools or community teams you start a league and you could raise money for your own and you know I'm talking about the women's teams here, oh yeah definitely the women's you know the women's teams you know i i i know Coach Lee is may, may be the exception. I'm not sure. But it, I remember him spending anywhere from 25000 on a, a season easy. to run a team. Easy. And so those, those are not easy funds to come by, you know, for a football team. And that's full gear. Yeah. That includes marketing. That includes travel. You know, that includes uniforms. I mean, that includes everything, insurance, fields, reps. Right, these are out-of-pocket costs for these team owners, right, to have a decent season. So we feel that if you could partner with Premier Seven and create a league, that can be
2: ran in the fall, can be ran. That can be ran
1: in your off season. Can be done
2: in the spring. Yes. Okay.
1: That's money that you could generate for your team for the season. Upcoming season. So if you're in the spring and you have a fall team, you know that you're going to have money. I mean, in addition to the ladies that already pay to play, I mean that's the business model. Well,
2: you want to eliminate eliminate the play to pay theory. So most people can't pay to play, Mm -hmm. but they have time. If they got time, then they can be referees. They can be coaches. They can volunteer x amount of hours and you would generate X amount of dollars. Sure that. You know, that. So the more women that you have involved in your referee, your coaching, and the more girls that can participate, the more money you can make through the Premier 7 model that, right. that, that sets forward. So if you wanted more information about that, you can go to Premier 7, uh, Premier, the number 7, uh, football.com. You can see the website there. Uh, you can always hit Premier7football at gmail.com to get more information. Mm-hmm. Or you can call, uh, what is it, 702 eight seven four eight zero five
1: eight. I mean any of these adult teams can do this because it takes a team of people to run a league because you need your coaches, right? League you coaches. need your reps and you need someone to organize and run the whole
2: shebang. All you need is just a field. You gotta find a location and then like I said, Premier Seven will provide all the equipment needed. Everything. Okay.
1: So that is a way that you can raise money. And we're talking, you know, it, it really depends on how big the league is ran. Anywhere from a hundred players to three hundred players. But you could make anywhere from five thousand to twenty thousand
2: in a season. Right, and the season lasts what seven to eight weeks. Yes, so that's not bad fundraising. Seven to eight weeks, twenty to so school coaches. Yeah, high school coaches could actually host. You could host, do the
1: same thing.
2: Yeah, if you got a field, then again we're we're opening the doors for girls to play flag football. That'll be the opportunity, and then like I said, do a 50-50 split on on all profits. So that's just that's some ideas of how things can be done. And, you know, like I said, there's multiple things, fundraising. It could be a whole show about fundraising.
1: Well, yeah, we've got a whole quarter and a half, maybe two on fundraising right <laughs> But now. you know what? It's important, though. It is, like I said, it is the, important.
2: It is the lifeblood of an organization. Without it, you can't do anything, you know. Without money, you can't do anything. And I, I know that I, you know, grasp, the fundraising situation and just took it to a whole other level for the high school, mm-hmm. and it's it's duplic, duplicatable,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: it takes a lot of work. There's been many nights that I slept in the the, the fundraising booth. There's been many days that I've been out hustling. There's been many days that I've gone out.
1: You do need to have a team of people who are on the same page. It can't be a one man show when it comes to fundraising. Right. You know, everybody has everybody's effort counts. Everybody's effort counts. The, the players, the parents, the coaches. Hey, everybody
2: so. on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> we see you guys. If you got any questions or anything that you want to add, please do, because the more you interact with us, the more answers you yeah, get. Yeah, if you guys
1: have any questions, please post it. Please post it up.
2: Yeah, so with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to quarter
1: number two,
2: because this is four quarters for Coach Lee and Carla. So we're going to move on to quarter number two. Let's talk about recruiting. Okay. Recruiting. Okay. I know we're talking more about the women's game. I know we're talking about getting more players out here. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the things that you've seen in your eight years of being a part of um part of my organization with the showgirls that you saw how I was recruited and also how I recruited maybe you might have seen at the high school level?
1: Well, um well, one thing I know about Coach Lee, he's a promoter, promoter, promoter.
2: Right. You that's know? why you're on the if show. You haven't
1: noticed, he's promoting all the time. That's what I did. So that's part of it is you know, you really just can't keep your mouth shut mm-hmm. when you are trying to build. You know, you gotta open your mouth, you gotta let people know what you need, right? Yep. Um he would when he was working with the women, he would go scout um you know, the high schools. Yeah. Well, you know, other athletes other sports like soccer. So are you talking about
2: when you talking about the 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 adult situation Yeah, you were in
1: the adult
2: situation. Well I would go out to different parks and go to basketball tournaments, adult basketball tournaments, adult flag football tournaments. I would be at kids events talking to parents who look like they can possibly play who especially who talked a lot of smack about their kids. You know, why you ain't doing this and I was like, Well why ain't you doing it? You know, mm-hmm. so you gotta have a little personality when you're recruiting. Um you know, when you go out there, you, you just can't open the door and say just come play. Yeah. You got, you know, the women's game, it's got to get better.
1: And then you got to get the buy-in of your team as well. You got so to the have truth. them to go out and share the good word and bring a friend.
2: Right. You know? If everybody brought a friend and you had 20 girls on the team already,
1: mm-hmm. that means
2: you should have 40.
1: Or if you're going to put out something on social media,
2: you There's know. Everybody needs to share.
1: Everybody needs to share.
2: Yes, yes. It take
1: everybody... Um, you know following audience you know it, it, you gotta put you gotta put out a thousand feelers just to get you know what 10 15 20 percent right you know so if you want 20 you got to put out a thousand so we got to share the wealth <laughs> of what we're
2: saying is you got to share 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 when yes. you're recruiting okay you're looking for ex athletes I went up to unlv uh and looked at their you know sports program a lot of those girls were were finishing up their four years of eligibility at the university and still want to compete. Mm -hmm. I went up to CSN. Uh, Is that right, CSN? Yeah. Southern Nevada College. There we go. I went up there and and tried to recruit because we had ex-athletes that were high school athletes who went to the junior college but didn't play sports there because our sports program is not really that big here in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I went to special events uh, where I can find people. I went to marathons and passed out flyers. Uh, You got to go somewhere everywhere. You know, unfortunately, a lot of the women's football teams, adult teams, that go to a bar and recruit. I don't know why.
0: Okay. I don't
2: think that's the best of the best, but I guess where, party, where people partying, maybe they might want well, to play Well, you know,
1: sometimes in those social settings is where you're going to get the best response. From people, okay. you know, as opposed to just asking them, just cold turkey, you know, you kind of have to build a relationship. Right. With anything, you know what I'm
2: saying. I got you, but I just wasn't the one that like the bar environment because that really doesn't mean anything. But yeah, socially, but it's where
1: pretty... they find like people like them at the bar. At the bar. Gotcha. Now we're talking about the adult. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about this. Yeah, we're talking about the youth and the high school level. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the high school coaches would be, they would really have to be in touch with their local. He's giving
2: us an earthquake here. Their local. The
1: I'm sorry, I talked with my hands. Right,
2: but you guys can't hit the table
1: yet. Okay, so, anyways, <laughs> he made me lose my train of thought. We were, guys, talking, about about
2: we were just, talking about the high school. Get on him about that. We were talking about the high school. What
1: do coaches have to do at the high school level? They have though? to build a rapport with the surrounding middle school. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that they're inviting them to events, mm-hmm. getting information out to them if they're having informational, if they're having games. Right, right. Um, whatever the case is, they just have to be in touch with their
2: middle school. Okay, middle schools, elementary schools, because you wanna, you got to build that. This is where you come into high school. This is where you come into play and we want
1: you. Mm-hmm. What about on campus, though? What are some of the key things that you? Same thing. You gotta just make yourself known. Okay. You know, you gotta put that information out there. You have to have your players out there talking to their friends. Right. Right. You gotta be putting on events and things, or you know, you have to be seen. Right. So if it's your players are getting involved to do something, you know, wearing their uniform, you know, at any given day, maybe Friday's game day. You know, because people they wanna be included. They feel like they wanna be included when they see what's being done. Right. You know. Well, I, I know
2: some of the, the magical things that I did on campus was, you know, at lunchtime I was at every lunch. Yep. I'm just out there That's you. scoping out and pointing out and talking to people who look like they should be playing the particular sport that I'm recruiting for. Yeah, right. Um getting to know them, uh, stopping by the classes. Uh, finding out about their grades, um, going to their other sports. So, like, right now, it's fall time right now. So we got volleyball going on for girls. We got soccer going on for girls. So I made it a point to go to volleyball games. I made it a point to go to soccer games. I made it a point to see a cross-country event. If not, I went to at least practice to find out who who can run and do those things. And I went to tennis matches as well. Mm -hmm. So getting out there and seeing some players, that could help you athletic-wise. Knowing they don't know the sport, but just letting them know that you have a sincere, sincere want of them to come out and, and participate with you.
1: Well, that's the thing. You know, they will respond if you if they feel wanted. Right. You know, if they feel wanted. I know that when I was applying to school, you know, coming out of high school, I went to the school where I felt that they wanted me
0: got you
1: you know what i'm saying they took the time to spend that time to build a relationship with me and i think that's what coaches and players need to do with people who are out there that don't already participate you need to build a relationship with these kids With kids and adults it depends on what team right
2: it's it's the same process
1: on campus you're saying on campus on
2: campus if you're high school off campus if you are a an adult team.
1: Mm -hmm. so
2: That's what we're working with. We're kind of going back and forth with the adult football and then, you know, of course whatever you coach on your high school campus. Um, But yeah, having workshops, having uh, skills and drills, clinics, uh, be it free. Make it free. You know, for me, everybody's always pinching the money. You know, they want to charge $10 for somebody to come out to learn how to play something where you only get five people show up. If you make it free, you might get 50 people there. You know, what you want. You want to. For recruiting. For recruiting, you want numbers. It's not about how much money you can make off of them. It's about getting as many people as possible into whatever you're doing. You know, I made made sure that we had the best uh, sweats. We we stand out on campus. Whatever my programs that I worked on, Mm -hmm. we stood out. Same thing when I did the showgirls. We stood out. Our uniforms were popping. You know, our helmets were popping. Our logo was popping. Our name popped. I mean we did it all. You have to that's the promoter in me.
1: Well, that's part of the branding too. Right. You know, you people see like, oh, you know, they'll remember you when they know you got the oh, you the ones that have those those fresh well say fresh. Yeah, say fresh. You tell how old he is. <laughs> fresh. Or whatever, you know, I know that that's part of it. Right. Is
2: what's in it for them. Right. And you know what and, and I took that based off of those who know football, the University of Oregon. Okay, I've been a part of that organization since 1980. Who my uncle was? It, 82, 83, 84, somewhere around there. My uncle went to the University of Oregon, and back then the University of Oregon was sorry Okay, but in the late 80s, early 90s, they started having uniform changes like every week. Okay. And at first they were ugly. Everybody was like ugh, ugh, uh. But then they, they had uniforms that they only wore one time. Different helmets, different jerseys different pants, you know, and it became cool. That became the end thing. And they utilized that to to recruit California players mm-hmm. to Oregon because Oregon is, really, is a big state, but it's not a very athletic state. Mm-hmm. But they were recruiting deep in L.A. because of what they could get um, because of the uniforms. Everybody wanted to be different. Everybody wanted to be original. Everybody wanted to be unique, and Oregon was unique. And they built their program based on uniforms and how they looked. And they played a special game, fast-paced game, which the coaches bought into, the players bought into. It was exciting. And everybody wanted to be an Oregon Duck, you know. And to this day, they're still one of the top ten teams in the country for the last, what, ten, maybe 15 years. Oregon Ducks have always been in the top ten at some point in time in the season and made it to, I think, one or two national chances, one. And they lost to Arbor at the time. But the fact is, that was a the theory that I was bringing. I was at a school that did not win, that wasn't winning. Our colors were brown and gold, so it was kind of hard to put those colors together, Yeah. you know, to make them look good. So we were out there. We were wild. We had uniforms that were that we changed up every week. We had bright uniforms. We had light uniforms. We had all white uniforms, you know.
1: Bright, light, and all white.
2: Yeah, we did it all because, again, but that's how we got the numbers. When I took over the program, we had, what, 35 kids there. And when I left off the program we had over a hundred. Okay. So I'm saying that's part of the recruiting process. That's part of getting them in. Part of part of what you have to do. If you're a women's football team, you gotta be sexy with the with the colors in the uniform. You know what I'm saying? You, you you gotta look fresh, you gotta look dope, you gotta you gotta look different, you gotta look unique. Okay. You know, and that was one thing that again, I just really feel it's a recruiting tool when you can look that way. Right? So with that being said, I mean, recruiting is everything. But we talk about fundraiser, recruiting is everything as well. That's the life and blood of, of your organization. You have no players. You have no yeah. teams.
0: True, true. You true.
2: have no team. So uh, is there
1: anything else you want to add to recruiting? Well, you we definitely want to make sure there's a, a feeder system. Okay. If there's no feeder system, then it's really tough. Right. You know, I mean, you could spend money on advertising, but it really boils down to where you can get that. Where's your market?
2: Right. More bang for your bucks. Yep. Yeah. So if you're on a campus, you got your athletes already there, and you got tied into your feeders feeder high school programs, right? Right. If you are an organization out there, then you know, again, being part of the Premier Seven. Um, football situation, you, not only are you training the girls they see, they become your fan base, but also you can recruit from that, you know, from high school girls who play flag football and, and turn 18, they can go to the next level right? and play tackle. So you got to get out in the community. you got to get out there and let people know who you are. you got to, you know, if I'm, if I'm an adult football team, I'm definitely doing camps and clinics at the high schools because those are going to be the seniors that are going to be graduating. I definitely will be looking at the basketball girls who don't get basketball scholarships. I'm also looking at the track and field girls because again, speed kills in the game. And if you got some fast girls out there running, man, that makes everything to a team. Speed kills. So you got to know who to go recruit. You got to go and get yourself in front of those people and showcase what you can do. I know another thing that you can do is put together a recruiting reel, like a highlight reel with some music on it. And be able to send that out because it's social media now. It's Instagram. It's 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 Twitter. It's Facebook. It's you know TikTok. It's it's all these different things out there.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: you got to have a platform for everybody to be able to see you and say that's what I want to do when I turn eighteen. old that's what I want to do when this goes on. You know.
1: You know what you got to do is you got to create a database, whether it be on Facebook or any of the social media platforms, or create an email list. Mm-hmm. You know, get a landing page and have people go to your landing page and just put in their information, which is, you know, there's no commitment to do anything, but you capture their information. And then every time you have a in a recruiting event that you can invite them, you can send it out to the database of people. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing that's golden about, you know, any type of marketing is that you at least try to capture some information that you can have in the event you need to get information out. Right. So that, that would be my my number one
2: capture tip. Yeah, because some of the mistakes I see, a lot of teams are on social media, but they just putting it out there to any and everybody. Like, you know, putting it on the page and like, okay. But there's no direct area. It's not focusing on their their location. You know, I know that on Facebook you can, uh, what is that? Not sponsored, but when you buy ads or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can boost your Boost your post. post and and select your demographics that you want to work with. Okay. So when you have a flyer, if I'm in L.A., I want this to hit all the 18- to 35-year-olds ex-athletes in the city of Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's fairly cheap from what I understand. Um, (laughs) Haven't utilized it myself, but I heard it as a good platform. But instead of just putting a flyer out on a women's national board where there's other, like, teams like you, they put on there, You're not really recruiting. You're just making an announcement that, hey, we're doing this out there and such and such. But the key is, is bringing that focus back to your city, you know.
1: But reachable reach is the key.
2: Yeah, reachable reach is the key, definitely that. I mean, they got to be within driving distance. You know, you don't want somebody four hours True away that. talking about they want to be on your team. That. You might want to push them onto the next team that's closer to the area. Thank you, Oscar, for that, definitely. Networking is key. But it got to be reachable and a lot of lot a lot of the women teams out there have a far reach, and they only make it to practice maybe once a week. I mean I've seen players live in Fresno travel to l a okay. you know i've seen I've had a player who lived in Arizona who came to Las Vegas to play you know she was an ex member of my team anyway, but she didn't want to leave you know that's that's unusual, you know. <laughs> but it happens. I seen somebody from Texas play on a Chicago team before, you know, or a Washington team. That's one one, one of the few. But like I said, you got it has to be reachable. You gotta stay in your market, you know, to build a great team, to build um an organization that is really focusing on being together. When you got people coming from different areas and they don't make it to all the events, it's kind of a stranger coming in to play with you. and You don't have trust in them. So that is some, some things that go on uh, with the women's team. Um, and then lastly about the recruiting, I, I'm I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm getting gray and everything else. But there was something else about recruiting that I really wanted to touch on. Oh, off-season, having multiple events, you know. A lot of teams, you got to be consistent with what you do. Yeah. You know, so we we use it as football 101 classes, you know, if it was every Sunday or every other Sunday. You got to be consistent in getting those people to come out to your events. I use, like, Sunday, early mornings. We work out in the morning at 8 to 10 because the first game on NFL wouldn't start at 10 Mm o'clock. And so we would learn some things, and then I would tell them, go watch the NFL to see what I taught you. You can recognize that in the game. And so it was like they do it, and then it was a visual. But being consistent and having having those practices or those football one oh ones. It's not about getting in shape because it's too early to get in shape. When we talked about that last week in uh in our off season workout. It should be more about football one oh one, learning the game and then utilizing the football that's on T V to showcase what you're trying to get across. Okay? So I'm done with recruiting. Do
1: <laughs> you have anything else for recruiting? Mm, no, I think that I, we pretty much touched some of the best options for recruiting. All mm-hmm. All right. Well, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see much feedback. Focus advertising and region plus markets is key. It's less expensive if you know your region. Yeah, we had
2: Oscar Lopez, who has one of the top shows for women's football, left a couple of messages here on Facebook Live for those who are on Block Talk Radio. Uh, focus advertising in, in regional – uh, plus, markets to keep the face. Is that Facebook? It's key with Facebook. Oh, it's key with Facebook. Less expensive. Okay. So again, we, we're talking about that. You know, designing a platform and a yeah,
1: because more of your marketing dollars can go to a concentrated area, which makes more sense.
2: Right. And that's what we want to do. We definitely want to do that.
1: Um. So, what are we doing now?
0: Quarter number three. Corner
1: number three four quarters of Coach Lee and Carlin. Yeah, Bear with us. We're getting through this information. But, you know, if you are part of trying to build an organization, grow a league, start a team, or just part of football in general, not necessarily with the girls, we want you to be um, involved in this conversation. Yes, definitely. So this is just some, some stuff, some ideas that we can throw out there to help the others, um, you know, who are – we all experience this as, as teams, team I, owners. and. I teams.
2: struggled as a team owner and a coach uh, with all these things. Yes. I was pretty successful, but when I look back, at it, it was still a struggle right. to make it happen. Right. You know, and right now with the with the leagues, it's, they're wanting 53 women on the team. They're trying to align it like the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, more women, the better, a safer game, you know, and that leads us into the quarter number three, which is safety. Right. You know, the biggest topic right now in the NFL is a couple of top-notch players, Tom Brady, Antonio, what's his name, for the Raiders. Man, I can't think, because I'm not a Raider fan. <laughs> yes. Antonio Brown, that came from Pittsburgh. Okay, They can't play football with the helmet they've been using. They have not been, they, the NFL has declared their helmets obsolete. And they can't use them because a lot of guys get helmets when they first come into the league, get comfortable with it, and that's what they want.
0: Mm-hmm. They don't want to
2: change. But a helmet life expectancy is only ten years,
0: mm-hmm. and I
2: think in the NFL it might be less because there's more hitting in the NFL than any other level, and the the the, the pounding of that helmet it 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 it, it rocks and it robs it, it it doesn't deteriorate yeah it deteriorates. <laughs> it doesn't keep that dome you know as smooth as mine. You know. Yeah, I'm
1: sure like just a car like a car that hits and their airbag, you know, deploys after that, it's never the same. It's never the same. You no, know, it just isn't.
2: So again, safety is the key. I know that we have partnered up with power was that power guard mouthpieces. Power plus? Power plus, my bad. Power,
1: power plus power plus mouth mouth guard. Right.
2: Okay, my bad.
1: This this is a very um uh what do you call it? Medical grade medical mouthpiece, grade my, right? That molds to the shape of your lower jaw. Yeah, it's lower right. jaw.
2: It's it's opposite yeah. of of the original mouthpieces, and and
1: and yeah, it, it's not the one size fits all. It was actually designed by a dentist, and the dentist, you know, it's it's more of a boutique, but it's a very specialized mouthpiece. That and it's been um had some very good results. For, you know, wrestling, football, you know, and some other contact sports where there were no, no, what do you call it? No. Concussions? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No reports. I wanted to say reports. Right. No reports of concussions or anything relating to the um, the head. Right. And, 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 and again, this was designed by a
2: doctor slash dentist who understands the power of the jaw and the shocking, in, in the, the brain. <laughs> well, you know, because I mean? it's like water up there.
1: Doctor said, where are you? We need I know, huh? <laughs> Doctor Hutchinson. We need to really explain the technology, but basically, it's not your little two, three dollar mouthpiece that no. you go buy, you know, over the counter. It's definitely something that you have to buy from the dentist mm-hmm. and needs to be formed to fit your your mouth. Your well, throat. it does form to your mouth. It does melt yeah. to, to form your
2: mouth, but the location of words at in your mouth. And your bite down is a lot better in this particular situation. Right. And, you know, if you look at football over the last 50 years, everything has evolved mm-hmm. from cleats to pads, shoulder pads, helmets. But what item has not evolved? The mouth guard. The mouth guard you know what I'm saying? And we have having a higher number of concussions. So, again, someone who's a specialist in mouth and jaw placement Mm -hmm. has made the situation more safe to utilize the mouth guard to stop or not cause concussion. Less less concussion. Less concussion, okay? Uh, We're working on the medical facts and stuff stuff like that and the research. He's been doing it for about 15 years. And we're going to have him actually on our show as soon as we upgrade the GFA studios, okay? (laughs) The GFA studios aren't quite upgraded yet. We're working on that to get our call-in factory in, so that we can all see it on all formats and everybody can hear right now. That's why we haven't had guests since the first week because it just went.
1: Well, give us thumbs up, thumbs up if you can hear us. Oh yeah, if definitely. We're clear. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're feeling <laughs> it. We're feeling it. Thank you, thank you for hitting those thumbs up. We love it. Instagram we love it. Too.
2: Instagram, it Instagram too, Instagram too. Instagram,
1: you guys. We're on, too. we're on three different platforms right now, but we're getting the word out there, right? That right. girls play football. This is what we're about, right? And we, I think we got to share. You know, people go
2: back to share, share, share. You know, we what we talk about is what the issues are. Yeah. I don't care if it's girls' sports, boys' sports. I don't care if it's football or anything else. Oh, we got some love that time. We got lots of love, lots of
1: love. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so safety. That's just one aspect of safety for girls' football. You know, flag football is not a lot of contact, so that would be the main thing. Right. Would just to be make sure that you have the proper mouthpiece the proper fitting cleat. Right. Um, but that's really it. Well, well, there's also other safety. Well, there's the talk of the soft-shell helmet helmets, but that's not something that's been rolled out just yet.
2: Well, I know they do it in the Boys 7-on-7 uh, program called Pylon. Um, I know that here in Nevada we've asked that the girls have on the soft-shell helmets, but the district is saying that the girls – might feel invincible with a helmet and do things that they normally wouldn't do because they got the protection of a helmet. So they're looking Kids at those too, right? They care too. They're looking for the for you know the liability aspect of it. You know, what if a girl still gets hurt? Here we are telling them to get this protection and they get hurt, right? You know, so the schools are more about liability, not about necessarily the safety. You know, I, I wish that the girls were able to wear you know butt pads and also some soft shell shoulder pads.
1: But, yeah, I can see them doing having more physical contact the more protected that they are. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. I mean, just look at the evolution
2: of football. When they had the leather helmets, it wasn't a lot of head-to-head. Co- they will be clothing. like,
1: okay, soft shell, now oh, we going to need the hard contact.
2: But, uh, but I'm just saying. Hockey
1: style. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just
2: saying, look at the ele- uh, evolution of football. When they first started, they had no helmets. Okay, so that means you wouldn't put your head in there to make a tackle. You're using your shoulder. So rugby rugby would be a good example of how football used to be. Okay?
1: Hey, Juliet.
2: Oh, is that Juliet over
1: there? Glad to see you. All
2: righty. Hey, I mean, we going to say hello to everybody that jump on board and <laughs> say hi. You know what I'm saying? So we love you guys. Um, So the helmet has uh revolutionized, mm-hmm. you know, to where it's more protective on the outside but still – our brains on the inside is still shaking because of the water up in there, whatever you know those juices and I mean, <laughs> juices and berries up in there, right yeah. yeah, even eye protection has gotten better. They used to have where you wore your your real glasses, now they have you know very soft shell um, sports glasses that form to your face, and they have your soft lens in front, or you can use contacts. The face masks have changed you know when they first got, you can sock people in the eye.
0: <laughs> you know, now
2: they made it where it's protected. You know, back in the 70s, they used to have a, a V shaped face mask, but then they found out it, it causes neck injuries when people fell on the ground. It dug into the ground. So that's why everything is round now. So it can slide. Okay. Okay. Shoulder pads have gotten smaller and better. They're expensive, though. But again, safety is everything in football. You know, even knee pads and thigh pads have gotten smaller and better materials that it's made out of. Fleets have even gotten safe. You know, they're all plastic now at the bottom, and they're light.
0: Mm-hmm. They used to be
2: some heavy shoes, and they used to be still at the bottom, and they used to have the uh, screw-on fleets.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, and those are metal when, they, when you get past a little part of the plastic. So safety is everything in, in sports, uh, especially football, and I know that we're trying to make Safety an issue with flag football because we're introducing it to girls. Mm-hmm. Is there any other thing that we can talk about safety-wise that you know that can stir some things up and that we can come back to maybe in another episode that you would like to do some research on?
1: Well, not as far as equipment. I mean, you've pretty much brought up all football-related equipment, and we're talking if we're talking flag football again. We're talking mouthpiece, you know, as the basis, and maybe a soft shell headgear. Right. Right. Um, and then, of course, it's just really teaching them safety on the field, you know, teaching them proper proper movements, proper right. routes, proper, you know, if you are in tackle, how to, how to, how to tackle, how to fall, you know. How yeah, that's something we have to teach
2: people how to fall. You know, a, a lot of women <laughs> want to fall on their arms. I want to have my arm up there. Kind of fall on their arm and they dislocate their elbow or dislocate their shoulder instead of just falling down on their shoulder. That's what the pads are for.
0: Mm -hmm. So those
2: are some of the fundamental things that we had to teach in teaching adult women's football players how to fall. It sounds funny, but so true. Mm -hmm. And and we got some experts out there that, again, once we get the GFA studios up and rolling, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to have guest speakers call in and teach the technique of the Hawk tackle, um, getting your head out of the tackle, you know, how to fall, you know, how to catch the fundamental parts. And we're going to get expertise from other coaches. It's not going to just be me and you, but we got to get our, our GFA studio up, yep. <laughs> up and running correctly. Yep. So what that means is we need members. We need members to join our organization. You can go to girlsfootballassociation.org and definitely, definitely sign up. Because, again, it all goes back into our promoting of the game, to expand the game.
1: Providing the potential. The... Free camps and clinics.
2: Free camps and clinics and
1: all those good things. School just started up, and we got a couple of
2: things jumping off uh, in September. We're doing a free six-week camp for those who sign up for GFA here in Las Vegas. It's $49 to join, and uh, we're going to do a six-week camp for the girls who who join. So we're getting parents out there. There's a lot of things that we have to do. These are things that the women's football teams can be doing as well. This is why we want you guys to become be members. A part of, yes. Yeah, we got the whole format laid out. We got the whole six-week camp. You know, you can come on as a member team, and and provide the same quality uh, information in camps and clinic skills and drills that we're doing already. So again, hey, I got an ex-football player that just joined in. What's up, Jeff? I coached him about 20 years ago, and I. Uh, He's one of the, I think he's an all time leading tackler at uh Iowa. I know at least in one game. He had twenty one tackles in the game. Well
1: Nicole was one of your players. Yeah, too. Nicole was on here too. Okay, I can see
2: that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that, Nicole. We got Tone on here. I know she tried out for that new league uh, this past weekend. I'm gonna try to get some updates on that. And maybe that's gonna be a topic next week on you know, the the new leagues that are popping up for the women's football uh, across the country. What you guys think about those things. Uh, I know the argument's still out there about, you know, should should the women's league be just one? Should it be a tier league, like the best, a feeder league, and then an amateur league? Those are the same things that we talked about in 2006. Here we are, 2019, got the same issues. So I think we're gonna, next week we're going to jump into some of that. You know, it's going to be some sticky, icky topics.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be the
2: good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of my people out there have made a, uh, I made, you know, some comments about leagues and things, and then they retracted some of those things. So, again, you know, my opinion, I, I throw it out there. I, I don't apologize for what I say. I just say how I see it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. Oh, yeah, there we go. What's his name? Bobby. Bobby, uh, <laughs> you got sneeze? Well, go ahead and sneeze. <laughs> you can sneeze. You're the, you're the co-host. You
0: can do what you got to do. Just,
2: all right, I ain't going to say anything else. All right, so, again, you know, we got a lot of things that we got to talk about. It's the off season. You know, again, teams are moving from one league to another league. I think that's going to be another good topic, you know, that we can throw out there maybe next week. Um, There's a lot of things going on. We got flag football starting up in Alaska. Is it Alaska? Alaska season is starting right now. And as we talked to uh, Landy McCall, our, our, our ambassador and league director in Alaska, Okay. they have games this week because their season is th- over with do I
1: think Florida was in the fall.
2: No, Florida's in the spring. Okay. Yeah, fall is only in San Francisco and Alaska.
1: Okay. And then
2: we're in the winter. Nevada, uh, Nevada's in the winter. And then uh, Florida, Georgia, and New York will be in the spring.
1: Bobby Jose, Jr.
2: Yeah. He's one of the coaches that does a great job of uh, teaching techniques on how to tackle. Okay. Getting your head out the game. So he's been doing u clinics. He played uh, free safety at UCLA. Uh, he coaches the Bobcats in LA, the Los Angeles Bobcats, and he's the owner. Okay. And was the head coach at one point in time, but then I think he just dropped the head coaching and just do his camps, but he is the owner of the team. Got it. I think Tim. Tim Holmes is the head coach there. Again, I'm 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 getting back into the women's game, so I've lost some of my coaches uh on who and what and where they're, they're coaching at. You know I like saying that who, what and where and how. But okay. uh we're gonna get on to that. We're gonna get on to that. Um you know, we're closing down the show. We only got about five minutes left, Carlos. That's it. You know, it, time flies when you're having fun. It is. You know what? We didn't get into quarter number four, but I'm going to say it anyway.
1: Quarter number four. Any questions? We had three quarters. Yeah, we had three quarters. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I, It's I, fine. You know what? It's. Well, as
2: long as I say quarter four, it don't matter how long that quarter lasts. You know, as long as we get through the program, we got exciting news, we got exciting information, we get people that are responding, yep. you know, back and forth. You know, we haven't given out the phone number because we don't want people necessarily calling in, but you can, you can call us at, uh, what's that, 657-383-1020. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get the studio up, you, you heard me say that again, when we get the studio properly mic'd up, we want people calling. Because this is an interactive show. Mm-hmm. It is not me and you talking. You know, we're we're taking questions on both Instagram and also Facebook Live, but we want to continue to have (laughs) constant conversation with people. That's what makes the show. We want you to call in. We want you to pose your questions. We want great ideas. We want to know about your
1: experiences.
2: Yes, definitely. So when we have call-in opportunities, we're definitely going to have you call in, and and we're going to make that happen. I mean,
1: even if it's up for a debate, I mean, that's what this – blog talk show is all about. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not always right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yeah. And everybody (laughs)
2: knows I brought out a lot of ugly in in the past years because we had to stir the pot in order to get down to the bottom Mm -hmm. of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And I think the hottest topic that's been going on for the last 16 years that I've been involved has been leagues. What's the best league? How should we format that? You know, the, the, the WNFC is looked upon as trying to be the professional league but then I just seen that they had the small market teams jump in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, for me, I'm like, okay, what what makes them different than the other leagues that's taking place? Because they're, they're modeling the same way. Yes, you got sponsors. You know what, that's a whole new topic. I ain't going to even get into it because that's a whole other show. But let's talk about that next week. I'm going to give you my insight on what I think the league should offer, what the league should be doing. And where women's football should be at this point. I've seen some comments earlier about here we go, same OBS. You know, it's crazy season. Teams are flopping with league into the other league and doing this league. Fourth quarter, yep. Yeah, we're in the fourth quarter. End. Yes, Oscar, we are in the fourth quarter. and We're going to end this in a, in a minute, but we're just thinking about ideas, you know. And feel free to email us or call us or, or respond to the show on any other topic that you want to talk about. You know, I think that's that's where we. What are we working towards? We want our fan base to be able to tell us what they want to hear about in the women's league, the girls' league, because that's what we're pushing, or any league, to be honest. I talk football. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I coach my, my, my athletes as athletes. I don't coach them as girls, and I don't coach them as women. I don't coach them as boys. I coach right. them as athletes. So if we can talk about the game in general, then let's do that. you know. But our topic is your topic, and our topic is we it. I'm just talking right now. So, Carla, at this point in time, I mean, we got one minute. Yep. So what you want to
1: do? I think BJ is about to hit that music. What?
2: You think BJ going to hit that music? Yep. So that means we out. We
1: out. We out. We out.
2: <laughs> we are out, okay? So with that being said, we'll catch you guys next Monday. We're going to share. Share this link. Share this on on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. You know, go back to Twitter. Do what you got to do. Go to J.C. J. Hawk so Radio. Good, go
1: to what is it,
2: Stitcher. <laughs> Radio. Stitcher Radio. IHeart Radio. What else? Yeah, am I missing something? We on all formats. Mm-hmm. So again, you can hear us. Pass the word on. Four quarters of Coach Lee and Carla. We out. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Peace. Peace
1: out. <laughs>
0: Thank